Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. On this morning's show, I want to talk about some good news. Now, slowly but surely, we're beginning to come out of the out of the darkness of the pandemic. And as sports fans and sports parents, this is, of course, most welcome. Now, of course, as Dr. Fauci reminds us, it's not like just flicking on a light switch. We remain in a very gradual and slow process. But unlike, say, a month ago, we are now getting more of a sense that sports are preparing to return. Pro leagues are making valiant steps to try and get us back, and colleges, well, they're still trying to figure it out, but they're making progress as well. And at the high school and amateur and youth level, well, certainly in other parts of the country, things are, in fact, returning. As you may have heard, the governor of Florida proclaimed that kids and youth sports can start this weekend. He basically has said that it's, it's up to the parents to decide whether they want their athletes to go back and play. He says it's okay because kids really don't seem to get COVID-19. That being said, there are a lot of medical experts who disagree with the governor's assessment. We'll discuss the governor's point of view in a little while. Around here, of course, since we are so hit, uh, so hard hit by the pandemic, our timetable is going to take a little more time. But at some point soon, Sports in this region of the country will be allowed to return. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. My question to you is this. As a sports parent who loves their youngster, what will be the keys for you, the crucial criteria that will let you decide to let him or her go back and play? The reason I ask that question is I'm getting more and more and more of a sense that there's not going to be one certain person from either the the federal government or the state government or anywhere who's going to step up and say, okay, here's what you have to do. Now you can let your kids go back and compete. I mean, are we looking about somebody to say every youngster uh, will have to take an antibody test, wait till a safe vaccine is unveiled, uh, revealed, or just have kids have their temperature taken? I mean, who do we need to tell us that it's okay, and under what conditions. Because ultimately, as a sports parent, you're the one who will have to decide to reassure your youngster that it's okay to go back and compete. And we'll talk about this. Of course, the number you know is one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm not getting much sense of real leadership in this area. 
Because first of all, from what I can gather, all the various tests, they all seem very confusing. And even worse, they tend to be, it seems, it seems unreliable. But that being said, I assume every kid will have to be tested in order to be cleared to play either at the youth or high school or travel team level. And from what I understand, the medical world doesn't really know yet whether having antibodies in your body will protect you from having from a second round of the virus. That's a concern as well. And what about insurance and legal issues? With kids and their parents, have to, they have to sign a waiver that they won't sue if their kid gets sick while playing their sport. And if they do get sick, well, does the school district, do they have to pay for that? Who pays for all the temperature taking and antibody tests? Most importantly, social distancing, we're told, is still the key. So at what point is it worth the risk to forego that? I mean, if your youngster really can't play any team sports without being physically close to their teammates or their opponents. So again, as a sports parent, at what point will you let your kid go back and play? Or will this be a case where your youngster says, come on, mom, dad, all my friends are heading back to practice and, and to the games. Why can't I? Because we know that peer pressure continues to be a major factor in all this. And there are other concerns as well. I mean, uh, longtime Sports Edge listener David Levy points out that COVID insurance concerns will be part of all this. The same for refs and officials, especially in basketball. When kids are on the court and they're huffing and puffing and presumably possibly spreading corona in fairly close contact with the refs, I mean, the refs are pretty much older. I, I don't know how to solve that issue. But here's the reality. No one seems to have been able to give a definitive plan that works. In fact, there was an article in ESPN this past week that the return to sports is not so much about trying to reach 100% certainty that no one will ever get sick with COVID again, but instead the angle, the slant is, they're attempting to have a reasonable and rational approach in order to move ahead. That is, there's always gonna be that chance, that risk of COVID, but if we do the best we can in terms of minimizing that risk to our kids and ourselves, well, that's pretty much the best we're going to be able to do. Otherwise, we're just going to have to wait until a safe and proven vaccine is available, and that might take another six, seven, eight months. So what I'm getting at is it's all going to come back to you. You're the sports parent. You're the coach. When are you going to decide when you feel it's safe for youngsters to go back and play and compete? one 337 6666 As I said, I don't think the government is going to step up and provide those guidelines. I mean, we've heard that President Trump has said it's up to the states to make their own call, the, the individual governors. And as I just mentioned, Governor DeSantis in Florida, he said, nah, go back and play. Kids don't get this virus, so go back and compete again. Let's start our conversation this morning on this very, very important question, which I think a lot of parents are really sort of grappling with. Let's start this morning with Matt out of Ridgewood. Matt, okay, that's uh, Matt just dropped. Let's go to our friend Ed Ward over in uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? Happy Memorial Day weekend. And to you as well. I'm glad you mentioned that, Ed. It's, uh, it's an important weekend to remember all those who gave their lives in service to our country. No question. Yeah. Well, this, this is a topic that... It, you know, although we all want to go go back to play, it's it's kind of touching too. Because here's the thing, as I, as you know, I, I'm running a couple of showcase events that I had to cancel. I pushed them back into July. Right. One of the, one of the things I was forced to do is uh, each team that participates, they're going to have to they're going to have to uh, the kids 
have to have a, a waiver signed by their parents about the COVID nineteen thing if they have if they've had it or not. Because mm-hmm. if not, I cannot let them participate. So and I, you know, I still don't have clearance yet. I have backup dates, but I still don't have clearance yet. If if I can have them at at the certain locations that I want to use, because it's basically in Governor Murphy's hands, and not only that, if the NCAA is going to back up the dead period again. So you know, there's a lot of things that's that's interesting. I know we want to get back to playing baseball or whatever on that. Um, the one thing that I wanted to bring up is some of these some of these uh, things that have been brought up are. Let's get them on the field as soon as possible, and then play two weeks after that. Two weeks. I mean, you, you know, it, usually, it takes a good. It ta- I'm, I'm being serious. It takes a good month to get a get, get a team prepared. You, you know, you got to have, you know, a, a gr- good amount of practice and all that stuff. Let's be honest. Other than maybe high school kids are doing videos for uh, colleges uh, because that's that's the way the recruiting is going right now because of this epidemic. How many kids have really been, been gone out and maybe worked on their hitting or or, or or that type of stuff? I'm sure there's a good amount, but the point is to have a team practice and all that. I mean, they want to, you know, they want they want to practice and then start up in two weeks. I I, read, I would never let that happen. Yeah, I just read an article not too long ago about the fact that uh, you know there'll be such a a mad rush to to get back in the field and compete at the high levels that uh, we might see. Because the kids are running back to, to compete and, and try to go at it full speed, we might see a real uptick in terms of Tommy John injuries because the kids, their arms aren't, aren't ready to throw. They just uh, they aren't ready to go. And I, I, whether it's baseball, softball, whatever the sport it may be, we might see a whole rash of injuries. But again, if, if we're waiting for Governor Murphy or, or Cuomo or, or Lamont or any of these governors to make a decision, I think they're going to say, yeah, it's okay to go back and play youth and high school sports again. But I don't think, I don't get the sense that they're going to tell us, and here are the conditions you have to have for your youngster to be able to compete. Like you mentioned, of course, about having the kids having to sign a waiver. I mean, that's just like the beginning. I mean, I, 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 I really think a lot of parents are going to say, we need more guidance on this because we don't know. We don't know about the other kids. We don't know about, about the teams our kids are competing against. It, it just seems there's a lot of... We're waiting for somebody to say give us the green light, but we want to know how to do it, and that's the concern. Ed, th- thank you as always for your good thoughts. Uh, I, you know, I as I said, I, I I don't know how we're going to play through this, but I sure like to have some uh, some guidance. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Tim over in Eastchester. Tim, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Coach. Coach, uh, first and foremost, happy Memorial Day to all the vets. Absolutely. But I think Governor Cuomo put it best. We are all first responders here. So if we do something, we have to do it collectively. There has to be unity in, in the community. There has to be direct leadership as to how we are going to go about these things. You can't do it state by state. You can't do it county by county. That's ridiculous. You're, you're opening up a whole can of worms with that stuff. And so I think in the greater scheme of things, especially with young people, take a breath. Take a step back. Relax. You've got this incredible journey in front of you. It's called life. Yeah. And today, today is something that you're never going to forget. And I hope, I hope in the greater scheme of things, we all learn from this. And all our steps are progressive and proactive. We need not take a step backwards because that, that would, I can't fathom 
what well, it would be like. Tim, I, I hear you, and, and thank you for your call this morning. And I think that is uh, underlying all the concerns here is that fear about this could come back. Uh, and again, I, I hearken back to uh, the history books and the flu epidemic of 1918, it took three years to get rid of that epidemic. I read the other day where I guess after uh, after so many months and the first wave hit and finally the, the government said, okay, you can take off your mask and go back to your regular lives. And people were joyous and celebrating in the streets and hugging each other. And then within a month, all of a sudden the flu came back with a vengeance. So, uh, you know, to your point, uh, I, I think we have to be really, really concerned about, okay, somebody has to tell us, whether it's Dr. Fauci, who of course is the country's leading expert on infectious disease, you know, when, how, how do we do this? Uh, at what point as a parent, uh, you know, your life revolves around your children, how do we know that it's okay to go back? Uh, and again, we've all said, well, maybe we'll have a vaccine, by the end of the year, again, that's a long time from now. Um, but again, what what are the hoops and hurdles we are facing? I don't understand, for example, how you can have social distancing in sports. I mean, come on. I mean, pretty much every team sport you can think of, you're going to be in close contact with somebody while you're playing. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Roger in Wisconsin. Roger, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Good, Roger. How are you? All right, so I don't know, if, did you see the uh, NFHS guidance that came out this week? Because they took an interesting approach. It's a phased and everything's framework, guidelines. No one gives you uh, decisions, but they graded the sports that they're involved with into three levels, yeah, high I, risk, yeah, I saw yeah, that. medium risk. And I, I was like, <laughs> how could you put boys lacrosse as high risk and girls across is medium risk, and how could you put basketball in medium risk? Like, Roger, I did I see that. Seen it. I, I was I, like, what are you kidding me? One's an indoor sport, the other's an outdoor sport, and I'm like, what yeah, are you me, talking about? Let me just so, say this. I need did, guidance. Roger, let me stop. Let me tell you this. I did see that. And I had the same reaction as you did. I said, well, this, this is obviously compiled by people who either don't know these sports or how, how these sports are played. It didn't seem to make any sense. And, of course, it was just a, a very superficial kind of, you know, this is a high risk. This is a low risk. Come on. Uh, I know it got picked up. It got posted on the Aspen Institute. Same thing. We have the answers for you. No, they don't have the answers. They're just saying these are high risk sport. I mean, it was silly. Roger, thanks for the call. I mean, I will tell you this, in doing my research for the show, I did Google CDC opening youth sports because I want to see what the CDC has to say about this. And they come up, again, it's just vague in generalities. Uh, you know, they say things which we already know. Um, you know, make sure if your kids are playing a team sport, uh, they need to drink from their own water bottle. Well, we knew about that even before we had the pandemic. Uh, do not let your kid touch an object that another child may have touched, like a baseball bat or whatever, or a baseball or a softball, a uh, glove, a lacrosse stick. Social distancing, the CDC says, on opening youth sports is still key. I mean, it, it just doesn't provide any any real guidance or, or, or structure to this. And I do think, as I said, 
ultimately, I think this is going to be at the, not just the, the local uh, community or county level, I think it's going to be at, at the parental level, because you can see all these various guidelines from the CDC or from uh, the National Federation of High Schools, but that doesn't help you make a decision as to whether or not you want your youngster, if they're 10 or 14 or 17, to go back and compete. Other thing, like the travel travel uh, regarding with the, um, the CDC, they write, and I'm quoting from the uh, CDC here, Traveling outside of the local community may increase the chances of exposing players, coaches, and fans to COVID-19 or unknowingly spreading it to others. This is the case particularly if a team from one area with high levels of COVID-19, like where we live, competes with a team from an area with low levels of virus. Youth sports teams should consider competing only against teams in their local area, meaning their neighborhood, town, or community. So that means if you are on a travel team and you come from the listening area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, you know, you probably should not be traveling to other parts of the country because, according to CDC, you may be carrying the COVID-19. I mean, it is very, very odd, very confusing. I, I, you can hear the little bit of frustration in my voice because I don't know how we're going to figure this out. How are you going to do this? And what, what are the right guidelines? And, you know, I just read uh, last night there's a high school coach in Florida, uh, down in Miami area, who was just suspended uh, because apparently he was running uh, high school practices over the last few weeks, uh, which were not allowed in Florida. And um, he's been suspended because of this. Uh, he's trying to get around the rules. And again, if you can imagine what the parents are thinking, well, my kid's got to be on the, got to go out for practice. Otherwise, the coach is going to hold it against him. All right, let me let me take a time out here. We'll take a break. When I return, I've got a lot more to talk about this, and I want to get your thoughts as well, because now we're getting to the point like saying, okay, when do we finally let our kids go back and compete? One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We're talking on this Memorial Day weekend about who actually decides when our kids can go back to playing sports and how that decision is made. And I will tell you that my, my sense is that it's all going to come down to the parents to decide for themselves as to whether or not they feel the time is okay for their youngster to go back and compete, whether it's at the youth level, high school level, travel team level, you name it. Uh, and again, there were so many questions about this. Uh, I don't think we're going to get any direct uh, guidelines. It doesn't seem that way because we're so close to this happening already. As I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, in, in Florida, Governor DeSantis down there, he said, no, kids go back and play sports now, this weekend. Go ahead and do it. Because he said, I don't think that the kids are, are going to be that vulnerable or haven't seemed to be that vulnerable to COVID-19. Again, if I'm a parent and my kid has some sort of, I don't know, underlying condition, maybe asthma, which seems to be very common these days with kids, and we know that COVID is a respiratory ailment, is that okay? I mean, how does this work? I just, I really think a lot of moms and dads, coaches are looking for some guidance from the government, and I don't think, this is as of today, I don't think that's forthcoming. Let's get back to our calls. In fact, let's go to Stan in, in Florida. Stan, good morning. I'm curious to what you have to say about what's happening in your state with Governor DeSantis and sports. Right, Rick. Good morning. Glad to speak with you. Uh, yes, sir. Down here in Vieira, um, this weekend, they have a 70-team youth baseball tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, U-S-S-S-R-A. Uh, um, tournament. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And all, all of a sudden, that started this weekend. It's in where the Nationals used to train. Yes. Or spring training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I can't understand how this could be put together when he approved it on a Friday, <laughs> how you could have all these teams in a complex with hotels and everything. I just don't understand it. I think, uh, I think something's going fishy. <laughs> well, Stan, I, I mean, your point is very well taken. Clearly, uh, somebody somewhere along the line got to, uh, you know, got the heads up several weeks ago that uh, in the state of Florida, we don't seem to have these problems that they have in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. So we're going to put this to, this huge tournament together and obviously made booking arrangements with the hotel and got, uh, you know, the, all the arrangements. And then, of course, here comes DeSantis saying, eh, it's OK, go ahead and do it. I, I'm op- He's now proclaiming that all kids can go back and play sports. Uh, I, I don't know how this works. Every Again, we know this is done on, on a state by state basis, but I wonder what what I wonder, I don't know, and I'm Stan, you probably don't know either, what kind of regulations or, or uh, you know, rules they had to put in place to the kids that they have to pass the test, that they have to take the antibody test, that they have to, you know, sign a waiver that if they get sick, they won't sue. I mean, I just don't know. And again, I'm sure the parents, I had, I'm sure there were some parents who had to say, you know, I'm not sure this is a good idea, but I don't know. And again, this is going to begin to happen not just in Florida, which is obviously a very populated state, but it's going to be going to happen all over the country, and it's going to put tremendous pressure on, on parents around here. Hey, uh, Stan, thank you for checking in. I appreciate the call and giving us a heads up. Let's move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Hey, Jack. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Rick. How are you? Good. Um, happy Memorial Day weekend, and and um, you know. Thinking about this and really having a lot of time to think about it with really not a lot to do. Um, first of all, in my opinion, I think DeSantis, you know, and I, I hope he, I hope he, if he wants to take this personally, go ahead, but I think he's being a coward, first of all. Somebody has to step up and say, listen, this is like Russian roulette. Until there is a vaccine that's going to cure this or keep us from having the possibility or lowering our chances of getting it. And, you know, he says that, you know, baseball is not a contact sport. Does he watch baseball? Does he understand what the game is all about? Supposedly, I heard he played baseball at Yale. I mean, and then, and then to say, you know, each district will have their own choice or make their own choices. You know what? It's going to come down to the parents. And parents, you're playing Russian roulette with this because we're, we're, we're moving blind with this because nobody wants to step up and say how really dangerous this is. You know, he said that the parents will be smart. Are these the same parents that, are, that light up fields to, to ride <laughs> off the field and, 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 and charge referees and death threats? Are these the same smart parents that we're talking about? Because, like you said before, Rick, as soon as my kid says, oh, Bobby, you're doing it, you're doing it, or Jane and, and Nancy, you're doing it, okay, go ahead. But you know what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it is a time bomb. It is exactly a time bomb, and we don't know what we're dealing with here. And, you know, you want to take those chances with your child's life? He said that kids don't get it. Is he aware of this strain that's causing these kids' hearts to enlarge and veins and arteries I... and going into cardiac arrest? Are you aware of that? Jack, I mean, it is, to me, 
and again, I had to laugh because you're right. I mean, with DeSantis, you know, said, "Well, the good parents will figure this out." And as you said, you know, he's a coward. Still, he's a coward. There's still a lot. Well, the other thing is, you know, there are parents out there. We do know not a large percentage anymore, but there's still ones who are out there who do obviously will are verbally abusive of officials. They do attack refs occasionally. Uh, you know, they, they they do these horrible things. Uh, they can have the same kind of judgment when it comes to a kid playing sports, and and. You know, we do know there is a whole sort of concern right now with, with kids in particular who are showing these uh, inflammatory diseases, which are serious. Again, these are kids. I mean, I, I don't understand how DeSantis makes this proclamation. And the one thing, Jack, that concerns me the most is I keep seeing, I guess people keep, I hate to use this expression that they're sort of delegating responsibility but we're saying, well, you know, uh, the, the federal government, President Trump says, no, it's going to be in a state-by-state -state basis. They will decide what they want to do. Now the governors are saying, well, it's going to have to be done at the community and local level as to what you want. Well, yeah, but that's fine. Okay, you're going to delegate the responsibility, but somebody somewhere has to tell us when is it safe. Here are the several steps you have to follow in order to pass uh, when it comes to playing sports. I mean, again, playing baseball – I, nobody's come up with a solution yet, from what I can understand. If the catcher is behind home plate and they're near the umpire and they're near the batter, that's within six feet. I don't understand how that gets around with social distancing. I don't understand how, that, how, how you so, so, uh, solve that problem. Uh, and again, any other sport, whether it's basketball, lacrosse, softball, the kids are huffing and puffing and running around, and they're going to be breathing. What happens if a kid gets angry in a game? And, and just uh, has, a, has a fit and decides in a very unsportsmanlike way he's gonna, he or she's going to spit on their opponent. I mean, what happens then? I mean, now, now there's a, what happens? I mean, clearly it's unsportsmanlike. I'm sure the kid who spit will be ejected from the game, but now all of a sudden the kid who got spat upon, what happens to them? Or if some sweat pours onto them? I mean, these are all questions that nobody seems to have answers to, and I think just to keep saying, well, the local community, the local school districts, the local parents will figure this out. Jack, I, I, don't, I don't know how this works, and uh, I, I just think it's, um, you know, we all want our kids back and play, but what's... To what purpose? They get sick? I don't, I don't understand how this works. Jack, thank you as always for your call. I always appreciate your thoughts. Let's move on. Let's go to, um, let's go to Mark in Bergen County. Hey, Mark, good morning. You're next up on hey, the phone. Hey, how you doing? Thanks good. for the topic. Yes, sir. Um, I, I actually think that Governor Murphy in New Jersey is doing a good job because he's really saying let's rely on the data, and he's very skeptical to open up. And the issue is really – it's it's a disconnect in motivations here where you've got the, the club uh, owners wanting to open it up and the kids' parents wanting to play because they think their kids are going to be the next Major League Baseball star. Of course. So there's a real there's a real disconnect here, and I think Murphy's, you know, trying to rein that in a little bit. So, you know, I, I just don't get it. I mean, my, my boy plays club, and uh, his club team actually came out with a notice saying that if New Jersey shut down, we're going to go to other states and play in 100-team tournaments in these other states, which is just mind-boggling. So, And then fr from a local level, the concern is, you know, I, I live in Bergen County, and a lot of the parents commute to the city. So yep. when the city opens up, um, you know, at 6 o'clock at night, they're going to be coming to the ball field, uh, having come from New York and taking the subway, and that's how it's going to spread. So there's just, there's just too many unknowns. And, and getting back to Murphy... Yeah, yeah I, I, let me just stop you there for a second, because I, I hear what you're saying. And, um, okay, so 
you're some players on a club team, and the and I look. I understand. I understand that, of course, all these tra- clubs and travel programs. I understand there's a tremendous loss of, of, of financial uh, obligations here, concerns. There's all are for making money, and nobody wants to see somebody suffer economically during these difficult times. But you have to have a balancing act between what is what is financially reasonable and what is reasonable for a kid's health and and to the point you just made mark i i think as as the city opens up again and people commute and they bring the 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 COVID back i mean how, what's your reaction with your son playing in a club team that says we're going to go to other parts of the country how, how what's your reaction is your kid going to do that no i'm very i'm very very leery um you know they they sent out the email saying if you're okay with this send us an email back and let us know and, and we we didn't respond because we're, we're very nervous about it yeah um, because I, I, yeah. How, how, are, the, good. No, I was just saying, as I said before, the CDC said, don't don't travel outside your local community to play sports. They're saying that don't do that because you're going to spread the virus to other parts of the country where maybe it's not as pop, it's not as uh, widespread. Have you got any Absolutely. sense fr- from the other other parents on the club team? Are they are they going to send their kids uh, elsewhere? I believe they are. Yeah, there, there's a big push. Um, they sent out a questionnaire, and and I was shocked. But a good percentage of the parents are amenable to their child playing. And even in the questionnaire, it was shocking that one of the questions was, "How how do you feel about an umpire not standing behind home plate?" And fifty percent of the parents said they want the umpire to call balls and strikes behind home plate. It just doesn't make sense. Gee, this sounds very distressing, Mark, uh, because, as I said, this uh, just sort of all flies in the face of common sense. Yes, we know parents want their kids to go back and compete and, and to uh, you know shine and, and reach their full potential. But I would remind parents that we've been with this pandemic now for, what, two, three months? Remember, the pandemic from 1918 lasted three years. I mean, I, I, I just, I, you know, and at what cost, what risk do you put your youngster into? I mean, God forbid a kid goes back and plays and comes down with COVID or one of this, this inflammatory disease. How does a parent live with that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense because, again, nobody in a, in a position like a Dr. Fauci, who's a big sports fan, nobody has really given us real guidelines as to, okay, here's what you have to do. Number one, your kid has to pass an antibody test. Number two, uh, we need a vaccine. Number three, uh, you know, I mean, just give us the guidelines that we can actually have our kids live by. And I'm sorry if it's, it's not going to be something we want to hear. Uh, but if you, you know, and again, I mentioned before about, about the, uh, the pro leagues, they're going in the direction of saying, well, we're never going to get to a point where it's going to be a hundred percent certainty that uh, nobody's going to get COVID, but we're going to try and set up enough hoops and hurdles so that we're in a situation where we feel there's a reasonable and a rational approach that we really are going to minimize anybody, uh, with the risk of capturing, getting the disease. Well, I guess that's how it's going to work with parents, but again, that's tough. And again, we can talk about sports all the time. Uh, and, and Mark, thank you for the call. You know, we talk all the time about assumption of the risk in sports. Uh, we usually normally talk about assumption of the risk when it comes to our kids getting injured, you know, playing a, a contact sport and either getting a concussion uh, or getting a knee injury or whatever it might be. That's all part of the risk of playing competitive sports. Now we're talking about assumption of risk when it comes to capturing, uh, get, get, you know, basically being affected by a serious disease. 
I, I again, I tell you, it's it's a tough one, and I just wish somebody somewhere, uh, maybe this is the time we really need a, a commissioner of youth sports to step in and provide those guidelines. Because what I've seen so far coming out of the CDC and other places, eh, they're not really helping us much. And if I'm sitting there as a parent, how do I figure this out? And, of course, I understand, again, the club teams, travel teams, they're trying to, to get back into business and to keep their businesses afloat. Uh, it is very, very troubling. And I now that Florida is opening up, other states are going to open up again with youth sports too, even though it's, we still don't have any guidelines. I just don't know how this is going to play out. And, um, again, it's a real concern. All right, let me take another time out. Uh, obviously, we want to continue talking about this topic. It is of vital, uh, vital, vital importance to any sports parent. one 337 Back here on the Sports Edge. Hey, don't forget, 9 o'clock this morning, Mike Francesa will be here. Make sure you listen to Mike, what he has to say about what's happening in the world of sports. A lot of changes going on. And uh, I also invite you to check out my website, uh, AskCoachWolf.com. It's uh, sort of a one-stop website for all the topics uh, we do cover here on the Sports Edge. You can download previous shows you may have missed. Uh, You can read my blog. Uh, You can order my books. It's all there at AskCoachWolf.com. This morning we're talking about what youth and high school and travel sports are going to look like when they finally return and the unexpected cautions uh, that parents have to uh, sort of sort of wade through. We're not getting much guidance on this, not to mention the emotional worry. When you're a parent of an athlete and you finally send your youngster out to, to compete, I mean, how are you going to deal with that? I mean, I mean yeah, we all know that uh, we can go through all the various testing and be reassured and, and try to abide by social distancing, distancing. But the fact is, if your kid's going to play uh, competitive team sports, they're going to be close to their opponents. It's as simple as that. one 337 Let's continue our conversation with Rob out of Lake Success. Rob, good morning. Rick, good morning. First of all, <laughs> Wish, wish everybody uh, understand. You know what Memorial Day is all about. I read your your father's uh, book on when he was in the service. My dad served, and it was enlightening when he went through. And uh, everybody remember what tomorrow is all about. Me and Jack, by the way, you know Coach Jack over there, Hall of Famer. Yep. We talk every Sunday, all the time. We text and we discuss before he even you know before he even gets on the air to talk to you. And and he's so fabulous. It's always so enlightening. Rick, I had the virus, okay? I don't know if I brought it up to you on, on, on your show. I, I went through it a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I'm carrying antibodies. And yet I went through it. Fortunately, I'm in good health. I, I, I'm fine. But you know what? That's a problem I'm noticing with society as well, okay? People that have had it, they don't, they, they're acting reckless. They think that they're covered because, you know, they, they're told that they, they might have some protection. And there is obviously you know, possibly some protection. I'm, because I have a wife, I have a daughter, I still have to protect my family, okay? I have to still be prudent on what I do because I don't know what my future is. It's not about me. I want to talk about you, what you're saying. The, the, you know, the rules are in New York State. I think they just opened it up to 10 people, maybe even 25. I'm not even 100% sure, but I know religious institutions can, can have uh, 10 people. So we have to follow that right off the bat. I think... It's a little early, but if 
families and parents are on board, okay? I think a coach or someone who's going to run this type of a, a situation or a meeting of the kids, they've all got to talk on the phone beforehand. Number one, no parents could sit out there and watch. If they do, they've got to be spread out, okay? 15 feet, no one, and it's got to be done in the open field, all right? That's the first thing. Second of all, Sandy, I think kids got to wear masks, all right? Now, <laughs> you know, because if you think about it, the kids can get sick, and there are kids that are dying. And what about little Johnny who goes out there, even though it's all controlled? Now, we have to be controlled. But think about this, Rick. Little Johnny is out there, and someone, someone sadly maybe gets the virus, yep. and, they, and they don't know it. And they, because the kids don't really get the symptoms right away, some don't ever get the symptoms. And they pass it on to Grandma. I'm, okay, I, I, it, it, this is, you know, this is really the same thing that's going to happen when we open up society. Professional sports, Rick, are going so slow with this. Rob, We're taking I, our time. You're, you're, you're outlining exactly all the concerns, and we're not trying to, uh, you know, make people crazy about this, but the points you make are absolutely right on target. And, Rob, thank you so much for your call, as always. You know, the fact is, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really relying upon a hope and a prayer that our kids are going to be safe. Uh, again, uh, we, we know how teenagers can be, and young kids, they don't ne necessarily adhere to all the rules because they don't necessarily, they're young people. They don't really understand yet what this all means. I mentioned earlier about suppose a kid spits on another kid or, or there's some perspiration that goes from one kid in the basketball game to another kid. Or suppose some kid sneezes on an opponent or sneezes on your kid. These are all the things we're worried about. Is it possible that kids will be forced to wear masks when they're competing? I don't know. Again, nobody's sort of given us any real direction on this. It's a real concern. Let's, uh, let's, go, to, uh, let's go to Russ in Norwalk. Hey, Russ, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Rick. How you doing this morning? Good, Russ. Big fan of your program, but I, uh, I have a little exception to your point about Florida. Yes. Um, when you have different states in the country, you know, the Northeast, Connecticut, especially being in Connecticut, New York, we're in the epicenter of this, of this disease. We're in the epicenter. Right. And uh, we need to really take our time. And I think the people in Connecticut and New York, for the most part, there's no there's no sports going on that I'm aware of. So that that's the good thing in, in this part of the country. But when you go to Florida, you go to other parts of this country, it, it, there really isn't a big, big issue down there. And so... I take exception that you take exception because at the end of the day, because we're not playing sports in New York and Connecticut and New Jersey, who's to say they can't play down in Florida? And that governor, that governor, he, he should be the last one criticized for anything because he's done a hell of a job down there. I'm not from Florida. I don't know. I, know, I do know people living down there. And it's like a different, it's a different country. It's a different world. So, <laughs> well, no, but seriously, Rick, you're laughing. But at the end of the day, we, we as a society have to realize that, hey, other parts of the country are doing better than we are. They're able to go out there, and I'm sure that at that tournament they're having this weekend, if, if they leave that tournament and all those kids get infected, that's going to be national headline news. Yes, and, and look, Russ, I remember I, I started the show by saying we know that the, the, the rest of the country is opening up a lot faster than we are. We know that. Uh, but I'm also looking at and thinking, okay, I know that there's always a balance between the, the health of our 
of the American population and obviously our economic condition as well. I mean, Texas, for example, is opening up, and yet Texas is, is, is having a huge number of, of uh, an uptick in terms of infections. Same in California, uh, and especially in, in Orange County and Los Angeles. I think I read that they're going to be shut down until like August. So in Florida, yeah, I mean, there, it sounds like, and let's be clear about this, Florida, like every state, has had lots and lots of cases. We just don't know. And I just, I mean, for, to my way of thinking is, sure, we all want to be what, what DeSantis has done and say we're going to go back and play. But, again, if just one kid is sick down there and that sort of uh, it, it spreads, it's like, it's like a time bomb going off. I mean, we'd say, well, what was the rush? What was the urgency? Why wouldn't we wait longer? Why didn't we have more, more stipulations in place? So I hear you, Russ. But I just wonder, are we rushing too quickly to get back uh, in a situation we just don't know enough about this disease and, and how it spreads? So uh, th- thank you for your thoughts. I hear you loud and clear. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, John in Stamford, Connecticut. John, you're up next on the fan. John, are you there? Okay, let's try. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Tom over in Brick, New Jersey. Tom, you're next up. Good morning, Commissioner Wolf. (laughs) Right now, the kids in America need somebody. There should be a cabinet position for these kids because the parents can't answer the question. They have, they're like, you know, they're just worried about one person, their kids. We need somebody that worries about all the kids. It should be a cabinet position. End of story. And it would need somebody that has very knowledge of all sports because each sport creates a bigger problem. And it's all about money. Well, when I started out in youth sports 45 years ago, it was about the kids from my community playing the kids from another community. That's right. It's gone. No. It's vanished. Gone. Now you don't know. You could be playing teams from... Fifty uh, states or country. It's insane. Tom, it, it, I, 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 yeah, and I agree with you. Uh, there's no question, and, and uh, my thanks for your comments this morning. Look, we all know there, there's, uh, particularly at the club and travel team, but it's certainly at the high school level as well, uh, there's always a concern uh, about the economics. Uh, and as we said Many times on the show, we know that these are for-profit operations. Um, uh, we know people are losing money uh, because they can't during the spring and summer. It's hard to stay in business when, when there are no showcases and no travel teams, no tournaments. We get all that. But at what cost? We're trying to basically protect our kids. Uh, and I, I was, uh, you know, a little bit disturbed from the, uh, one of the callers earlier whose his kid plays on a club team. And as far as uh, the, 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 the kids are concerned, a lot of parents said, ah, let's go travel someplace else, even though the CDC says don't do that. I mean, there were concerns here. I mean, is it really that essential that we can't wait another couple more weeks here in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area to get, to get a green light and to get some real specifics as to how this comes happens, how we do this? It's as simple as that. I'm, I'm concerned about this, and I think, I think you should be as well. Let's go to, um, let's go to John Lindenhurst. Uh, John, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning, Rick. How are you doing today? Good, John. Happy Memorial Day. You too. Hey, uh, so my son uh, plays 10U baseball here on Long Island, and uh, independent league and um 
the team is ramping up with some practices locally. I don't know if they're sanctioned. I don't know if they're just on the side. Yep. It's just my opinion is I think we really need to take this from the parents' perspective and just do what's best for your kid. Do what's best for your kids. I think it's more, you know, it's more a matter of the parents feeling comfortable with it or not. We're not going to get that kind of guidance like you were talking about from either government or from the from the actual league. So I think it's really up to the parents. Yeah, I, I, I think it's exactly, and I think people are waiting for some sort of uh, magic bullet that's going to come forth, and, and people are going to say, well, here's what the government has to say about this, and here's the, here are the various regulations and conditions we need. That's not going to happen. It's going to be, right. uh, as, as Governor DeSantis said in Florida, uh, he's basically trusting the parents uh, to make their own call uh, as to whether or not they want their kids to go back and play sports starting this weekend. My sense of this is, Again, we've been this for three months. Um, it's sort of parallel in an awkward, unusual way, I think, to if your kid had suffered an injury, like, a, I don't know, a sprained ankle or a broken leg or something, and they've been on the, uh, the DL, so to speak, for a few months. Same thing. That's just your kid's going to be out of commission for uh, a few more weeks until we know we finally, everybody says that it's safe to go back and we can go back and our kids can compete. Yeah, there might be some things they have to do. They may have to take an antibody test. They might have to, um, you know, uh, wear a mask, whatever it might be. But again, if this is my kid I'm talking about, if this is my child, I mean, the, I mean, I don't want to put my kid at any, any risk at all. And I understand we're talking about assumption of the risk when it comes to sports. Uh, but again, why take that? Why take that extra risk? Why not wait a couple of more weeks or how long it takes to figure this whole thing out? I mean, I, I just think it's just—is it selfish? Well, yeah, I guess it is. But again, I understand the clock is ticking on kids and their athletic career. But to what point if they get sick? What, what good does that do? John, I I, I, I agree with you 100%, and I, I um. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think this all has to do with the parents and what their priorities are and, and what they want to do with their child, as simple as that. John, thank you for, thank you for the call. I, I, I think that's, that's exactly where we are at this. Uh, and again, just to recap, at some point, if you're waiting as a sports parent for some real guidance to come from the, uh, the CDC or from, uh, from the government, whether it's in your state where you live or from the federal government, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to get some very vague, general concepts, but I don't think anybody's going to sit down and say, okay, here's what you have to do. They're sort of saying it's, that's the call of the, uh, the school districts, and it's going to be the call perhaps of colleges, and obviously it's all going to boil down to you as a mom or dad as to what you want to do you know, with your youngster uh, in terms of, of trying to figure out, you know, what is the right one for, what's the right process, what's the right pathway for them. And I, I, I think you got to take this very seriously. Again, I know it seems like it's been forever, but the pandemic has been for about three months. And again, the last thing we want to have happen is for our kids to rush back and to resume playing and competing uh, with all their friends and all the opposing teams and just to find a rebound effect as this thing sort of spikes up again you know, later this summer. That would be the worst thing of all, and obviously nobody wants that at all. Again, we really want to make sure that we take this in a very slow and a very steady process. To, again, what, what is the end game here? We want to make sure, at least from my perspective, that our kids are safe and able to compete in a very healthy environment. 
Otherwise, it's all for naught. And I think we all share that same concern. Okay. Happy Memorial Day. I think about my parents. My mom was a Navy nurse, served in the White House. My dad was in the Navy as a lieutenant. Uh, again, I'm sure you have friends and family who also served. And, well, we think about them on this weekend. That's it for me. Stick around for Mike Francesa. My thanks this morning to Pete Hoffman. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.